With traffic, errands, and parking, cars can be a chore. But a great car can be an adventure, a getaway, and a prized possession. Whatever your budget or family require, there's a car out there you'll love. We're here to help you find it. I'm Todd. I'm Paul. And this is the Everyday Driver Car Debate. We're so excited to share Redemption tomorrow on the Motor Trend Cable Channel and coming soon to Amazon Prime. This Mm -hmm. is the third time Mm -hmm. that Todd and I have gone racing at the Ridge Motorsports Park in a lemons race, Mm -hmm. and paint was traded multiple times. Yes, it was. There was some sheet metal that got crinkled. I'm just... Mm -hmm. I'm just letting you know yep. right now, it's actually, I think, of the three, our best as far as it turned out well. racing drama. It turned out well. I, I'm very I love I'm actually this excited piece. about I'm it. I'm so excited to it, share. It's, it's weird as an editor because, I mean, obviously, these all these episodes operate at layers. And I've mentioned this before. One of my problems, and it especially comes out during track pieces, because obviously when you are on track as a driver, th- let me back up for a second. Our, our friend Billy Johnson and other people that we know that are race drivers, their entire job, their entire headspace is you strap them into a car and they're the Terminator. There's nothing else they're in their brain. Their lives There's nothing else in their win. brain but go as fast as humanly possible. Exactly. I struggle's too strong a word, but it's the right word still. Uh, I struggle with that because I'm never just fully racing. Mm-hmm. I'm worried about what if I've been the car? What if you, Paul, been the car? Yeah. What what yeah. what do we come away with footage wise? Are the shot right shots getting prepared? Are any of these cameras that are on me right now going to run out of battery? I ought to think of something pithy to say. All of this exactly. is going through my mind Be at the witty exact and funny same time. And interesting and informative, all at the same time, and go well, fast. Don't forget to exactly. go fast while trying to go fast. Yeah. So I, I, look, I'm not I'm not actually mentioning this as an excuse. I'm mentioning it as I I, I kind of don't know what it's like to just be in a car go fast. Because right, there's all of these right. extra little things floating, which is fine. <laughs> this is that's the reality, and we love it. But what's, but, but exactly. as a result, th- this is where I'm headed with this. As a result, it's not until I hit the edit room that I really know what did we get. Was the driving any good? Mm-hmm, right. Do we have good stuff? Right. And I'm also going in, looking at this lemons piece, going, this is the third one. Do we have something that makes a worthwhile piece to cover this a third time? And what's interesting is, naturally, very organically, we've had three very different lemons pieces. Which is cool. So I'm excited for you to see. That's tomorrow morning. And that's because it's the same track. Two times it's been the same car, the Boxster. But we had a a big Mm -hmm. drama last season, last year, when the car didn't run. Mm -hmm. But now the piece is entitled Redemption. And so now... When you see it, I hope you enjoy. And please feel free to give us feedback on social media or send us an email. Just how did you like it? We're curious. And, you know, Todd editing everything. He's curious, too. Like, how did all of our edited footage come together? Because you could have told... All kinds of different stories, and that's always, what you're pulling always. out yeah, of yeah, the yeah. footage. And and so well, this is always the feel free for, to give us feedback. We'd we've, love to hear. We've been wagon circled, if you will, producing all these things, mm-hmm. and here we are in the middle of season six, sharing them with you guys, which is awesome. Also, by the way, uh, I am sorry mm. for those of you waiting on it on Amazon Prime. This is oh, yeah. way, way out of our hands. We have submitted the yeah. first half of the season already. They are apparent, I was talking with them today. They are apparently very backlogged in their approval process. Unlike YouTube, it goes through bodies that approve it. I think it's actual people who have to watch it. it this clearly proves is. to it me clearly is. after two weeks yeah. that people have a queue, a stack, and they're just yeah. sitting in darkened rooms, and they're just having to slog through that's watching The, the big difference at Amazon versus YouTube, that's why they don't have as much stuff, and the stuff that's on there is generally better quality, because there's a lot more things that have to be submitted. You have to a lot more submission stuff, mm-hmm. and then you have to wait. Mm-hmm. So we're waiting on Amazon. I'm sorry that it isn't up yet. We're about to have the first three episodes approved on Amazon, and then I will launch the next four 
by the way, I said four mm. because we are including that Porsche uh, Pinnacles piece. The uh, the 959 GT2 RS piece is actually going up to Amazon because I realize some people haven't seen it on YouTube. So it's going to be part. It, we're not actually charging extra. We're just tacking that on and as a bonus. And it'll look great on in the Amazon. Of, yeah, it'll look really it'll look good on season streaming. six there. So that'll be there. Cool. And also coming to, to Vimeo as well very, very soon. So all of these episodes. But if you're watching on Motor Trend, thank you. Absolutely. And thanks yeah. for actually taking yeah. the time to DVR to watch it and giving us your feedback. We're excited for tomorrow. That is episode five of six for this season on Motor Trans. We have one more new one coming, and that is the winter driving, which is all you and I are doing right now is winter driving. Exactly, exactly. And a huge thanks to our sponsors, Covercraft as the title sponsor and Griot's Garage, and also Haggerty, which, by the way, did you know that they own motorsportsreg.com? Yeah. So that's through all, all the track events going through all year long. So that is also the powered by Haggerty. That's uh, the, the Haggerty folks behind that. And we've got some interesting debates here that I pulled together because your emails caught my eye. First of all, James in upstate New York is talking about life changes equal garage changes, mm -hmm. which in many cases that's true. And he gives us his current situation. So we'll dive into that. It's a interesting long situation. I've got some fun suggestions there. And also Michael J is out in Austin, Texas asking about the second car. I love it. And love we've it. talked about the second car as just sort of a normal thing because as enthusiasts, you want the right tool for the job. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. it's almost assumptive that we think this way, but I don't think Michael has ever mm -hmm. before. And mm -hmm. there's many people who have just always thought, well, I, I just have one car for everything. I just, that's my car. I get it. It's I hard totally to wrap your head around how do people have collections and mm -hmm. multiple cars? How do you deal with all this stuff? Mm -hmm. So just the fact to get to a headspace of owning a second car is a big deal. Yeah. yeah so that's sure. what he's for writing sure it about. Is. It's not a big budget, but that's actually a good thing. It's going to be fun. Yeah. You know, when you're adding a second car, you want to maybe just to tow in the pool and start out. So we'll get to that. And then many questions, which is awesome. We still have Speaking. some left from prior Yes, questions, we do. Prior social media Let questions. Let me touch on that real quick. Thank you guys for all of the questions. You should note this is episode 474, which mm -hmm. means the next one is a, is, a, is a quarter, if you will. It's a 475. We've decided that at the 25 interval and the 75 interval are all question podcasts. These are all car questions all now. All car related the questions. The 50 yes. intervals will be yes. the all craziness because the 100 intervals are now we're doing live events. We have a live event coming up for 500. We were <laughs> just, just talking about it earlier today. Happened. Yeah. Yes. We're going to do a live event for 500. Probably there's been a lot of changes in our schedule. So 500 is going to drop right after we got back from Iberia. Mm -hmm. So we're probably mm -hmm. going to do 500 again here in the Salt Lake area, but we're setting up an event for that. We're working on it. But again, Next week, Tuesday, next podcast is 475. That will be an all-car question podcast, no car debates, your questions only. If you've had some questions that haven't been answered or you've been saving them up or pondering them for a while, this is the podcast for you coming up on Tuesday. Man, Iberia, I still can't believe we're going. For those of you listening awesome. in Spain, uh, we've gotten a couple emails actually about a potential meetup, and Todd and I are working on those. So apologies, mm -hmm. I have not gotten back to your emails yet, and uh, we're working on trying to set that up. So hopefully uh, see you guys there. When we're searching for cars for this show or for our own crazy obsession, our searches always start with Auto Tempest. Instead of searching each car site separately, you can enter all your parameters into Auto Tempest one time and search them all at once. With Auto Tempest, you can enter your search one time and see results from Cars.com, TrueCar, eBay, and many more. Or you can jump to Craigslist, Auto Trader, or Car Gurus without entering anything new. They just added a link to Facebook Marketplace too. Auto Tempest can help you find your next new or used car if there's a dozen in your neighborhood or two in the entire country. So if you're doing your drive homework, you're chasing your dream car, or just looking to feed the disease as we always are, head to autotempest.com. All the cars, one search.
diving into this first debate from James M. As I said, he's in upstate New York and has a car quandary <laughs> because his current situation is that he's living in a house with garage parking. He's out in a very rural area. He's got a long commute to work, 50 plus miles each way on mostly twisty, fun back roads. Sounds fun, yeah. He says it's not too much travel outside this long commute on the back roads, which is probably one of the best commutes I've ever heard of. Agreed. It, it sounds like you don't it's need the one to just you want. Yeah. leave on a Saturday morning to go find the twisty back roads. This is what you do every day. Which is awesome. I love that. But the new situation, the one coming up here is that he's going to be living in a city with street parking. Mm -hmm. He has a short, boring daily commute to work and might start traveling more for work. He said weekly trips maybe around New York State. His girlfriend is also 200-plus miles away, so he'll be making that round trip at least every two weeks. What, just every two weeks? Well, hey, that, that, this is scheduled, apparently. Yeah. Absolutely. All right, making life work. He says, to sum up, I'm transitioning from rural to city living and trading his long commute on twisty back roads for lots of miles on highways. And he says, I'm not going to give up the fun stuff altogether, but his current car collection isn't really well suited for this new life. And those two cars are the 2012 Nissan Xterra, the mm -hmm. Pro 4X six-speed manual. So the winter beater. Says yeah. It's yeah. You know, kind of getting beat on, but still drives it. And also he's got an 86, 2018 six-speed manual. Yeah, just got it. Loves, loves it. Loves the car. He says it's been perfect for this back road mm -hmm. commute, mm -hmm. but not really great. For the for the tool for the job. Well, that's his tool. That's what he's job, realizing. Man. Neither one of these cars are ones he really wants to sit and stop and go traffic in. The eighty six has been perfect for the back roads. The Nissan Xterra has been perfect for the off roading. That's not going to be his life anymore. Mm -hmm. So this is the problem. If you're going to sit in traffic or you're going to commute, what do I do? Which is making him think. This is weird. We don't do this often. Making him think about compressing his car collection. From two into one. Now, I currently am Which trying to figure out how to go from four to two. The whole separate thing. Did you see what I did with the debates? Yes. Michael's going to two I know. and I, James yes, is going I back to one. So it's all so this it's great. dichotomy. But you know, here's the thing. I started this winter with four cars and quickly went, who am I? Why do I have four cars? Uh, that's part of it. One of your cars made the decision for and then, you. And then, and then the Lancer went, well, if you <laughs> yeah. don't need me, then I'm checking out. <laughs> that, that wasn't your decision. So that's happened. That car is going to go soon. <laughs> so that car needs an engine. Uh, so that's going on. The The Phaeton is running. The Lotus is waiting for better weather. Mm -hmm. And the Cayenne is coming back from uh, having a new valve cover. Because you know, if you're going to do minimal work, you may as well change the whole valve cover. If you've watched our YouTube piece on that, you'll hear about that absurdity it cost. I tell you, I got the Cayman out the other day when it hit yeah. 40 degrees just before that huge snowstorm came in. The roads were great. They mm -hmm. were dry. I took her out, and she was so happy. It was almost 50 that one day, and oh. I was crying because the my driveway is a, a disaster. You have a long, disastrous runway of a so, snow-filled So driveway. getting yes. the Lotus out is difficult. So it did not happen, unfortunately. But So here we're, we are, uh, back to this podcast, for, uh, Car Debate for James, and we're going to try to compress to one car to make his whole life work of commute and go see the girlfriend and do long freeway drives. Mm -hmm. I like this. Eventually, James, you can go back to a second car and then write with another debate when right. you're ready and, you know, write with a, a budget. But for now, he says his recent past cars have been a 2016 Subaru WRX. He loved it. It was manual. But he owns zero Red Bull hats. <laughs> I love that description. So he had to get rid of it. I love that description. I don't wear any. I don't wear any energy drink branded clothing. Exactly. I cannot. I don't uh, own that any car clothing. That's very funny. Understand? I like he's had a Mazda three hatchback, a 2012 Subaru Outback, and he's had a 2012 Volkswagen Golf TDI that he cannot say enough good things about. I saw that. Yeah, this stuck out to me. He Agreed. said he sold Agreed. it back to yep. Volkswagen as part of the settlement, mm -hmm. but he's he's missed it. He says I kind of wish they just did the fix and. 
kept driving it, but the trade-in price was too good, and that's yeah, that was the entire yeah. point. They made that trade-in price too good. Totally to pass did. Up. Yeah, yeah. But he says it was great on highway miles. It was efficient, but still a decent amount of fun back roads. Noted. So keep that in mind mm-hmm. as I, I, I offer you, you my yep, suggestions. For sure. Right? For sure. So he's, he defaults to manual transmissions, and his girlfriend actually thinks it's kind of quirky and sort of sexy that he does only drive manual transmissions. Mm, okay. That's, All right. I, keep Good her, James. Keep her. Good to know. Like it. And uh, he says, I'm not entirely opposed to a good car with a dual clutch or auto. He's driven a few BMWs with that ZF. And he says he's found it pretty satisfying. We have too. That ZF that is so snappy and crisp in the Supra, the Julia, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. everywhere else you find it. It's yep. delightful. Surprisingly good. Yeah. 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 Gotten to the place where you almost... Almost don't do dual clutch. But here's the thing. Mm-hmm. I think if it's more of a daily driving situation, you'll be happier in the ZF with the way that they're programmed. Because it's going to do the stop and go stuff better than the typical dual clutch does. Mm-hmm. It's just not quite as fast if you're hammering off shifts on a track. But what's the trade? How often are you needing that part of the dual clutch? This is the interesting part of that whole equation. Right, right, for sure. So I, I'm with you. I was very struck by how much he loved that golf. That informed. He's also come up with a list of yeah. things he's considering. He's looking at the Mark 7 uh, GTI or Golf R. He's looking at a Kia Stinger, but goes, is that too big for me? Which, coming out of what you're coming out of in 86, it may be. He's heard us talk about the super handling all-wheel drive from our friends at Acura, which gets overlooked a lot, but is surprisingly good on most of their cars. It's so good. They do really good and job. They're, they're not that bad. They're like twenty five grand for a, a year or two. They don't only. hang on to their value well because nobody – really, honestly, they don't sell that well to begin with. And then there's almost no resale for them. So the prices drop, and they're great cars. He's looked at the TLX there, so that would be an interesting one. He likes the Hyundai Veloster in quite a bit. And I actually do see that for you, James. Yeah. He's worried about it being too close to his problems with the WRX. I don't yeah. know. I don't know. I, don't. I think that could be debated either way. He also is very curious about the Chevy SS. You don't be curious. It's awesome. His problem is uh, he's kind of worried about that car with its power and rear-wheel driveness <laughs> when he gets upstate New York snow happening. He he, what's hap- he actually writes a little scenario here. He just imagines himself on some snowy back road in the middle of nowhere, sideways in a Chevy SS in a ditch going, who's going to help me? Exactly. That's really what's happening. Well, he's also worried about the wheelbarrows full of gas. He's going to have to there shovel at the car. Well. Just fill a wheelbarrow it's full just, of fuel and run at the car. And life is trade-offs. Absorb it all. Life is trade-offs. It Think is. of the fun you're having. Yeah. It is. All right. So the budget here is thirty to $35,000. He says that's a good target. There's some flexibility here, so we can maybe push on that a little bit. Okay. But I don't know that we need to. I love that Veloster N for you, but mm-hmm. ultimately, I think it's just slightly too hardcore for what you're really looking for. Yeah, that's my concern. I mean, it is what you're looking for. It is. But you've identified the trade-offs, as Todd mentioned, mm-hmm. that you're mm-hmm. going to have to accept. And yeah. so for that yeah, yeah. reason, I think it's just outside of the box. I think mm-hmm. it's just not quite there for you. I, I think if, if, you're, if, you're commute, if you were just a little bit less commute-focused, I think it would be a little better. Agreed. I, I think it's just a slightly it's too hard just core. off. Where, where did you go? Because I think we may have gone the same place. I chose two big ones, okay. two small ones, and I broke the rules. So I have five okay. cars here to all suggest. Right. For I have a couple of wild cards, but I have other things to bring up. But keep going. All right. First of all, the big cars. You've got the Stinger on the list. Why not get the same power in the Genesis G70? Mm-hmm. Tiny bit smaller. We like it that much better as far as handling mm-hmm. characteristics. Agreed. Agreed. We love the Stinger. Don't get me wrong. We recommend it constantly. And people have bought Stingers and said, guys, you're right. It's awesome. Mm-hmm. But then over here is this Genesis G70. Same power, gorgeous interior. They drive so well. Yes, yes. And you identified that ZF that you mm-hmm. like so much. 
So it's got a similar feel to that transmission. It, it isn't that transmission, but they are they are it's similar. Not the in same feel. one, right, but it's got right. the yeah, similar yeah. feel that we like out of that ZF. And we are big G70 fans. It's on my list. The Genesis G70. I actually think because of his concern for size, the G70 is more interesting for him than the Stinger. My concern is if he's wanting a hatch, mm-hmm. that's the thing that puts the Stinger over the top. But I like the G70 better. So get this. Okay, it's the Volkswagen Stinger. It is the Arteon. Oh. The 2019 Volkswagen Arteon. Now, stay with me. I can hear okay. the clown music and the laughter in the background. You're laughing okay. at me. Right. I can Keep tell. going. Keep going. The 2019 Arteon. Many are under $35,000, mm-hmm. slightly used. You get yourself a really hot color, that splashy color, that mustard yellow. Mm-hmm. Put some nice summer wheels and tires on it. For the reason that when we had the Arteon, there's still a fast blast forthcoming on there that is, car. Yes. Mm-hmm. I was intrigued by it. You said you really liked the golf characteristics. Mm-hmm. This gives you the feel of Volkswagen that you like. And what I do like about it is at speed and higher speeds, it has that crisp kind of communication that we love out of European cars. Mm. It's clear that Volkswagen said, well, the Phaeton's out of production and you can't afford an Audi A8. So how about the Ardeon? It still feels like it's bomb proof for the Autobahn and that's what it's made for. It's made for high speeds and mm. you can feel it when you start to get up there yeah. Yeah, yeah. and it gets crispy. It's not the, it's not an amazing driver's car. It's not an enthusiast car first, but it's also not his usage first anymore. Exactly. Yeah, I see it's it. a I hatch. See it. mm-hmm. It's got some space. It's going to be very comfortable to be in. I do like its characteristics once you're up to speed. And you also said you're going to be now street parking. You need a covercraft car cover for whatever you get, mm-hmm. but if you're going to be street parking and you care less about this is not the precious baby anymore, mm. how about an Ardeon? Okay. I'm asking. All it's right. big. All right. I'm just asking. I'm not saying this is the one, but maybe worth a drive. Okay. okay. Those are my two big ones. The car, I think, fits everything for you is the Honda Civic Type R. The problem is the styling. Yeah, if, if if you're not enough Red Bull for the WRX, you're really not enough Red Bull for the Type R. I'm sorry, <laughs> you but that's see true. the problem. I you're, do you're, see the problem. You're yes. hitting on it, mm-hmm. but the characteristics. There's not really another car in the market. Acura doesn't even make the Civic Type R right. Acura badge yeah. first. If they did, holy moly, it's like yeah. you know just wearing silk underwear under your suit, and it's just stealth and it drives so well and then mm-hmm. it comes to life when you put it in sport mode and you can't believe the tran- transition in the suspension what about james what about just I'm separating for a second what about civic type r in that gray color no wing does that calm it down enough i'm asking i'm if asking it does because i love it for james i'm asking because that civic type r if you take the wing off looks similar to all of the Civics being sold right now. Exactly. It looks so similar they to the, all have the weird. They all have the weird styling mm-hmm. without the extra wing of madness. So I'm wondering if... I'm not a guy that is... Obviously, you've heard me talk about. I don't like white cars. I don't like gray cars. I want flashy. If, it, if I were getting that car, I'd get the crazy blue because I love it in that the blue color. Gorgeous. The red's good too. Yeah. But what if you got the just like slate-colored gray and took the wing off... I, I'd go with you there, Paul, because I think in, in stock form with that wing, it is to just it's look just, at me for just, what James is hoping for. Yeah. But I think without the wing, my... it's just <laughs> I bought a Civic, mm-hmm. and most people, even parked on the street, aren't going to really know that it's anything other than just, well, there's a gray Civic. But yet, 
when you get to drive that car, oh my gosh, it's fun. I would just like everybody to know that this is the first time Todd has actually recommended Gray on the podcast, I think. It's, in one, all of the, it's one of the few times, yes. So just, I'm just <laughs> pointing right. this out. I want you all to know. Just tuck that in the back of your mind. Moving on to the Audi S3. If you like the Golf and the Golf R, the S3 is sort of the small sedan version of that. It now, is. It's not manual, list. but you've also said you're kind of dying to the manual thing a little bit just because of your life Because of usage, yeah. yeah, yeah. There's still fun cars awaiting yep. your money. Yep. But how about the S3 mm-hmm. and go a little bit smaller, but still it's, it's four doors. They're very fun. I'm thinking these, this area, are, these yeah. are the two considerations okay. as your kind of smallish because you've, again, you've got the 86 now. You've had that and you've identified, I'm going to have to give some things up. I can't okay. go yeah. all the way to an 86 hardcore thing. And then I broke the rules. Okay, good. You said cars are made to be cars and trucks are made to be trucks. You don't like okay. CUVs, you don't like SUVs, yeah, and nothing yeah, yeah. in between. Yeah. And here I am suggesting to you a Cayenne. Oh, interesting. Okay. For right. your dollars, mm-hmm. what can you go get for $35,000? You can get something nice you can in get Cayenne, a nice Cayenne land. Yeah, not that, not that old, actually. Even yeah. that GTS mm-hmm. with a manual yeah. transmission, find one from your generation, Todd. Well, true, yeah. And then it won't cost you $35,000. No, it was, it'll be twenty on the high side. But then all that money is earmarked for maintenance because mm-hmm. you're going to yeah. be putting miles on yeah, it. Yeah, for sure. And it'll sure. need some love. Yeah. Actually, Todd, you just had your Cayenne video drop on I YouTube did. as far yep. as you know some long-term ownership. Mm-hmm. So, James, check that out, and then look for GTSs in the manual if you want it. But otherwise, just go get yourself I like any that. Cayenne I like that. Yeah, as yeah. much yeah, Cayenne yeah. as you can buy for $35,000 that you like because it's a Porsche, mm-hmm. and they handle far better than you think they do. Hey, I, as the I'm owner, I will say that we there. continue to be surprised. I mentioned it in the video that just dropped, but... When I went to Moab this past summer with my family, mm-hmm. so it was my wife and I and my son, and uh, uh, let's be honest, we overpacked, and we had uh, bi- the bike rack on the <laughs> I back. I teased your wife about it. It's, astou- it's astounding. Shoes. It's astounding. She always told me, like, how I brought much all these stuff. shoes. I'm like, why? Yeah, seriously. She has shoes for every possible <laughs> variation of what we might do. She has shoes. Anyway, so there's that's apparently her thing. But we have, uh, but we had the big bike rack on the back, all three of our bikes. So we had it loaded down. Mm-hmm. And what was funny is there's sections between here and Moab that are kind of Canyon Road-like. Yeah, yeah. And all the cars around me couldn't figure out why they were getting gunned down by a loaded-up Cayenne. <laughs> I've got good tires. I love to drive. And the thing handles. It does. So if you'll excuse me, really I'm does. going faster than you. It really does. James, craziness. Yeah. I know it's crazy suggestion. I know you're firmly away from that, but worth a drive. Mm-hmm. Just so I you agree. know. And you can say, Paul, you're wrong. I disagree. Mm-hmm. Still don't like them. That's totally fine. But at least you know. Mm-hmm. Well, and you did say your, your exception here to your rule is you just said you're, you're up for considering those CUVs that are more like, okay, we're actually selling a hatchback, but mm-hmm. we're calling in a CUV like the, uh, the GLA and the X1 and X2 and these kind of things, which leads me to my list. You and I had a lot of alignment on our list. Really? No you're, you're finished with your I'm list finished. so far, right? Okay. That's all. That's all. I had Genesis G70 on there okay, as well. Okay, good. I, had the, I, I debated the Veloster in for the same reasons you did. I mentioned the Audi S3, but I actually think you are a hatchback guy, James. So mm-hmm. I do think Golf R. Okay. Just go get yourself a used Golf R and enjoy. It'll work. It'll, yep. be it, it'll do all of the above. Everybody I know with a Golf, honestly, across the board, everyone I know with a Golf R loves their Golf R. Cool. We've enjoyed it. Cool. But when we go to Cars and Coffee here locally, there's three or four that show up. And they're everything from here's my fully stock pristine one to here is my monster I just created. And they all <laughs> yeah. show up and they all run and they run them year round. Golf R with winter tires, you'll be bomb-proof. 
you, you gave up that TDI and kept thinking that's the one that got away. Get the spicy version of that. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. So I, think, I, I honestly think that may be the beginning and end of recommendations. But I want to mention a couple others. In that almost CUV, it's actually a hatchback realm, go drive the Mercedes GLA AMG 45. Oh, good. I keep forgetting about that now. Dual clutch. It's so good. It's really just a hatchback. Dual clutch, nice interior, decent amount of space in the back when you have to actually haul stuff. It's, yeah. it's essentially a golf shape. It's but the it's, gentleman's hatch. Totally. It's more fun than the Golf R. It's very fast. It has a good dual clutch. And you're sitting in a Mercedes interior. I mean, not like the <laughs> nicest one ever, but right. when you're sitting in your commute, just sit in your commute and enjoy. Yeah, with a little sure. Mercedes. It's going to be fine. That's so I think good. that's a real candidate as well. Uh, the only other ones I want to mention are wild cards. Okay. Okay. You <laughs> caveat, could go caveat. get yourself an Alpha Julia, maybe even yeah. all-wheel drive. Yeah. Yeah. So you could do that. And then I'm going to go way, way off in the weeds. Okay. I was just thinking, you're an enthusiast. You want a new enthusiast experience. You want a nice interior you can sit in or do long drives in. Okay. But it secretly needs to be able to really hoon. Yeah. I don't really think it's right, but they're close. You can spend 35 Do you know what's dropped to 40 to 45 Uh-oh. Uh-oh. First year Nissan GTRs. Are they really that All, low now? I, I've Are got them in really? front of me. All-wheel drive what? monsters. Now, the reason is because the 09s were the ones you don't want to launch for fear of your transmission. But we've actually had the GTR a couple times on our road tour days in Germany. Uh-huh, yeah. And that's the one that just saws the miles. It's it's autobahn worthy. Yeah. It's corner worthy. It's it's worthy. just you can do all of the back road fun, but then if you're just sawing along on the freeway, you're sawing along on the freeway. So I, they're, I'm, I'm they're I'm full wildcard. Forty it's, to forty five. Not what? not a lot of them, but I do have a page in front of me. What kind of miles are we looking at? Uh, between sixty and let's see what the highest one I've got on this page is. Sixty's not bad. Sixty and ninety. That's not bad, and not they're terrible. high-strung cars, so you will have to put money into them. That is the thing. If you do go that route, James, you are going to have to buy <clears throat> tires. They are they chew through tires. They are cars that just say, "Pay attention to me, maintenance-wise." Yes, they yes. are for sure. But that's a lot of car for the money for you to be an enthusiast, but to still commute. I'm, I'm just thinking along lines here, going you know, saw up the miles in that. I don't know that it's right. That's interesting. But I just thought hmm, because there's there's That's a little there's you have that eight percent thing of you that likes off roaders <laughs> and overlanding. I have that same percentage for owning a winter beater GTR. Oh, do you? I thought it was R8s. I thought no, it was Audi see, R8s. See, I, I think there, there's there's a progression here of okay. winter beaters. Okay, <laughs> but I because the GLA AMG 45 is on there for me. I think it'd be sure. a crazy fun winter car. Yeah, it would. Yeah, I it would. think a thirty thousand to forty thousand dollar GTR would be a riot. There's the R8 discussion, and then at the top is the FF. So I have, I've got layers. But, Holy cow. But there's a part of me. Here's the thing. I don't like the GTR enough for my Soul Canyon carving car. Right. But as the right. Phaeton is proving to me daily, there's something fantastic about a nice big throne of an interior and a lot of weight and bomb-proof all-wheel drive. That is the GTR. Can you imagine that thing on winter tires? Yeah. In these conditions. It'd just be like, excuse me, I'm passing you. Holy cow. If you need me, I'll be gone. By yeah. the way, I did go looking for Audi R8s the other day. Good news, everyone. They are now under $60,000 for Oof. the 2008, the first gen, okay. the one you want. With, with the 4.2 and the six-speed gated? Exactly oh, that. Yeah. The manual, the V8. 
like the, it. The Tony Stark card, the the one you really want. They're under sixty. They're like fifty eight thousand with decent miles. That's going. cool. What? Those are tempting. Those are really tempting. Oh, manual. Oh. Anyway. So I'm saying, if you just, I mean, honestly, if you Gosh. really want to, I haven't gone like full wild card in a while. I think That's a forty thousand, I think there. a forty thousand dollar GTR classifies as full wild card. It does, but worth the worth entertaining. Yeah, just even if it's for ten minutes, James, just to go, at least just to shake your head at me, James. We need to at least have that conversation for sure. We're longtime users and big believers in Griot's Garage car care products. That's because while many other brands are just rebranded versions of the same few products, Griot's Garage has developed, manufactured, and bottled bespoke car care products since 1990. In fact, many of their first customers were collector cars displayed at Pebble Beach. Griot's is a family company based in Washington State, still dedicated to having the best products for every car and every budget. As a matter of fact, I learned my certified Paul Owen car care style from Griot's. We've both used Griot's Garage car care products on our own cars for over 20 years, and we wouldn't use anything else. If you're wondering how to get going, they offer free training and techniques through their videos and website and starter kits to help your car look its best. Griot's Garage products are 100% guaranteed, and all liquid products are made in the USA. They offer a 100% lifetime guarantee, so give them a try. When you're ordering at griotsgarage.com, use the code every day for 10% off your order. Enjoy the finest quality car care products you can buy at griotsgarage.com. Michael J. is in Austin, Texas, asking about the second car. And as you heard me talk about mm-hmm. at the top of the yeah. podcast, the second car can kind of be daunting. It's sort of like, all right, it's more insurance. Yeah. Where do yeah. I park it? What do mm-hmm. I do with it? Yes. How, I mean, that just means more gas and tires mm-hmm. and maintenance and all that stuff. Now, theoretically, if you're the only one driving that second car... Your fuel bill is kind of managed because you're only driving one car at a time. True, true, true. Same with your tire wear. It's like having multiple pairs of shoes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't wear through everything quite as quickly. However, he's been going through our podcasts and he says, I'm looking to buy a fun second car. Mm-hmm. And also, we're the first podcasters slash YouTubers that he's ever contacted. Welcome. Thanks. Well, for that's cool. Really appreciate Thanks, Michael. That's fun. All right. So the main car is a 2013 Nissan Altima. He plans on either trading in or selling himself. But some stipulations for this fun car is mm-hmm. he's out in Austin, Texas. He's got a 10-mile commute, and traffic is not an issue because he works at 4 a.m. to 2 p.m. Okay. You're avoiding right? all the rush. That's cool. But we're working with $6,000 or less. Mm-hmm. He plans on buying from a private owner. I think he's you know, kind of doing the, the spot the mini thing. Yes. I mean, he's going to see if he can owner, find the world's money. cleanest whatever it is he's shopping for that's a good deal. Yeah, for sure. It says it's got to be manual and reliable. Mm-hmm. That's why I don't list any European cars. <laughs> Sorry, Paul. <laughs> what? I've got a Maserati that's reliable. I drive a reliable Maserati. I have a Phaeton that runs in spite of itself. What? Yeah. European I have unreliable? a Cayenne with almost 130,000 miles. Gosh. The problem is that when something does go wrong, brace yourself and your bank account. This is the problem. It yeah. turns into a potted plant. But, you know, until then, it's reliable Maserati. Come on. <laughs> reliable Maserati is, I mean, <laughs> is fantastic. That's like that military intel- intelligence joke. It's just the, those words don't go to right. anyway. Yeah. Not equal sign between the two. He's looking at a Civic Si or EX. Okay. He's looking at a Hyundai Veloster Turbo. Okay. He's looking at a CRZ. I'm glad that's on your list because if they're six grand and under, he's been listening to the podcast. Clearly, that's. I what think I we recommend. are the rare person carrying the torch for that car. <laughs> oh yeah. man, Miata's on the list. Genesis Coupe, 500 Abarth, possibly a Prelude. He's also picky about his cars, and the car needs to be in excellent condition, which means you've got to search on your hands here. Yeah, if you for want sure. it to be excellent and decent miles and clean and all that kind of stuff. Six grand is possible. I'm not saying it's not, 
but you're going to have a search because most in the three to $6,000 range are beat on. Mm-hmm. Okay. But I thought about Mini Coopers, bringing up Spot the Mini. Yep. It's on my list. Yeah. If you're looking at CRZs, I thought there was, those were still like 10 grand, eight grand. If you can't find one for six, you need to go get a Honda CRX. Sure. Because those early 90s CRXs, I, people commuted in those and put 300,000 miles on mm-hmm. them and they ran and yeah, looked yeah. like they were brand new. Yeah, it's crazy. That's what I always admired about those CRXs. Now, they're not exactly in the Fiesta ST fun car camp. True. True, okay? true. Yeah. But that's also on my list because I think Fiesta STs could be doable. Maybe six or seven thousand. That's the thing. He's just eight. below. I looked. He's just below. Okay, the sweet spot for those is eight to ten. Check the couch couch for loose change. Is eight, is eight to ten for the sweet spot for those. But honestly, fun wise, they're worth the stretch. That's the interesting thing. That's why it's on yeah, my list. I hear you. I hear you. So yeah. Fiesta ST has got to be on there. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is of course the usual suspects of cars that we love and that are really within mm-hmm. the. The sweet spot of second car and winter car and beater car and all that kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah. I mean, why don't we all own Fiesta STs and BMW i3s? And <laughs> they're just <laughs> well. As why, why don't we? I say it often because it's true. If we all had unlimited storage space and money, we would all be Jay Leno. We would all be Jay Leno. Yeah, we, we'd be somewhere going. I don't have one of those. Let me get one of those too. I've got a big bar. I don't know the last time. Next time I'll drive that. I mean, this is this is Richard Grio's problem. He's got like eighty cars, mm-hmm. and when we come there and drive their cars, honestly, the guys that take care of his cars f- f- always say to us, "Thank you." <laughs> I mean, because they realize that car we just pulled hasn't been driven you recently. Say problem. It's not really a problem. Well, yes. Okay. But but, but honestly, I don't know what the right once, word is. Once I reach the capacity of four cars with two drivers in my family, I've had that discussion of when are we driving all of these? <laughs> anyway, so that happens. And again, the I Lancer agree. just sacrificed itself and solved the problem. All right. All right. I, I like the Prelude on there, but yeah, uh, the Honda CRZ is the right sweet spot because it's also one of those cars, like an '86, where you're just beating on it. And it's still not fast enough to make you feel like you're in trouble. True. But you're true, true. redlining yeah, yeah. it everywhere you go. And just yeah. you think, this is awesome. Mm-hmm. I'm only going 50. Okay. <laughs> that works. <laughs> <laughs> I like this. I like this a lot, Michael. But I think if we're shopping for fun, then my, my instinct for you is let's just embrace that. Let's go for fun. Let's okay. not worry about usability and that kind of stuff. I mean, look, you had the 500 of Bart on your list. I like it. That's a good call. You mentioned the Mini Cooper S, Paul. I've got it on my list as well. I will say your reliability may vary. Mine was very good. <laughs> That's a gigantic asterisk. It on, is. On but the I had the world's cleanest one taken care of the, by mm-hmm. the most meticulous man ever. So that car was great. Uh, some people have had them and cannot keep, keep them out of the shop. So keep that in mind. But that is crazy fun. But both of those are ultimately front-wheel drive hatches. Very fun front-wheel drive hatches. Yeah, for sure. drive hatches. For sure. So if you're going just fun, can we shop? And you're, and you're in Austin. Can we shop just rear-wheel drive? Just something that doesn't even worry about anything but being fun? Sure, sure. I like your Genesis Coupe. It's a great call, especially with what you're coming out of. I love that those are down that cheap, and it is a great car. Candidly, the FRS BRZ 86 chassis, whatever you want to call it, is more fun to drive, but that's also out of your budget. Those are starting say, at about eight ish. Surely and going there's not up. a $6,000 no, for us. Yet. They're starting about eight ish and going up unless you okay. get like a salvage title thing, okay? This car so, was upside down in a pool, but it's for sale now. But it still drives great. We drained it out. It's fine. So anyway, you'll, you'll never notice. <laughs> you'll, you'll never know. You'll never notice. The that smell. musty smell at it's, it's 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 Just get some fresh carpets. You'll be fine. You know those air fresheners they sell, right? I mean, I'm exactly. practically a car dealer now. <laughs> anyway. So you could get a Genesis Coupe. I think you would like it. But I just went straight for 
a car that is only meant to be fun. And there are two. You brought up Miata. I think that should be near the top of your list. That's good. But the overlooked one that you can absolutely get for your budget is the Toyota MR2 Spider. Oh, that's good. Early 2000s, mid-engine, rear drive. Go get one. Oh, that's excellent, actually. And if for some reason that's neither of those feel big enough or interesting enough, you also can shop Pontiac Solstice. Those are super cheap now, too. Are they really? Yeah, that's right. So, But I actually think that your answer here should be either Miata or MR2 Spider. You say you like kind of the, the quirky little unique thing. I'm sorry, but when's the last time you saw an MR2 Spider? Mm, that's great. And they are very fun to drive, and they're Toyota, and they run and it's, it's tiny and light. It's one of those cars yes. you're just going to look forward to driving. I like that a lot. It's just a fun car. You're shopping fun car. Well done. That's it's convertible great. when you have a day in Austin that's convertible worthy because it's not too hot, but you're just loving it. Go go around areas west of Austin. I know there's some great driving roads. We're hoping to do a meetup there at some point. Ding, ding. We'll see. But <laughs> MR2 Spider would be very fun. Mm, I really like that. All right. Well, guys, thank you so much for your debates. Right to us with your own debate, mm-hmm. your ongoing stories, your topic Tuesdays, car conclusions. You guys have been doing really great at that. Yeah, it's good so stuff. So write to us at everydaydrivertv at gmail.com. And while you're paying attention to that, please rate and review this podcast mm-hmm. because the continual ratings and reviews continue to keep us in the top 10 automotive podcast Absolutely. list, yeah. which is hugely helpful. So rate that. And also, if you watch the show on Amazon, please give us a rating and review on there. People always on Amazon like to scroll through and say, well, what did people think about this? Mm-hmm. Whether it's the films, yeah or the show itself, we'd love to hear your feedback, and we are looking at it, so thank you. And it's amazing when you guys do that, how it actually, we can see the audience response change on our end, too. It's very cool, so we thank you a lot for that. If you've got more cars in the garage space, and we suspect you probably do, then you need to protect it with a custom car cover from Covercraft. We recommend the NOAA Custom Car Cover. They're each made to fit your car perfectly, and they resist moisture, but also breathe to eliminate condensation. It has four-layer protection for all weather conditions, and it protects your car from UV rays as well. The NOAA covers even have a soft inner layer, are made entirely in the USA, and come with a four-year warranty. In the worst winds we've seen, the NOAA cover stays put. Todd had one on the Lancer, and it kept the paint pristine in all conditions. I wore one out after nine years of daily use on my Audi Avant, and people always asked how I kept it so nice. Plus, you can defend your interior against kids and dogs and spills and any weekend adventure you might have in the mud and snow with custom seat covers from Covercraft. You can have the nicest car all winter long with help from our friends at Covercraft. And you can get 10% off your custom car cover and any Covercraft product by using the code every day right now at Covercraft.com. And it even ships for free. Follow the link from our sponsors page or go directly to Covercraft.com to keep your car looking its best. Lots of really cool questions. I'm going to start with Christopher, who's uh, bringing up all of the things we do, which touches on where you just were. He said, okay, hang on. With us doing TV and podcasts twice a week, in case you haven't noticed, and YouTube and meetups and travel, are we ever going to do another feature film? <laughs> is there going to be time? Now, what, are now, we busy or something? Exactly. Now, Chris, first off, the, the thing to tell you is the fact that I actually really enjoy doing them. I like being able to say that we have five feature films. I like that we have kind of made a, a niche for ourselves mm-hmm, of actually yes. taking a mark and actually walking through it. I really enjoy that. I know, Chris, one of your favorites is our Mid-Engine Mountains film, which is a little more road trip worthy. So cool. Uh, yeah. There are those of you that really, really like those road trip films. I would love to do another film. Now, they are a lot of work. So the problem, and again, that's too strong a word, but the problem that we're having right now is twofold. It's actually not schedule because, believe it or not, like American Original – we had no business doing that film when we did it schedule-wise, but we got it done anyway. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. we find the time. What's going to be difficult at this point is finding the topic that makes it worth the time. 
And so yeah. we have a couple yeah. of ideas we're floating around right now. Honestly, the ideas that we have right now, the two major ideas we have right now, we can't even get all the cars currently. So I don't know that those are 2020 just because of car availability. We'll see. I would, I've got a couple of ideas I really love. Paul and I've talked some through. There will be another film, Chris. I just honestly, at this red hot minute, don't know when. Russell Givitin is asking, well, he's saying he's learning to drive stick again because of this podcast. We're thrilled to hear that. He learned the basics years ago, but has never owned a manual, so he couldn't practice. Any tips for, for road use? I mean, really, the best thing is practice and owning that. And you've heard us touch on second car ownership. What about the same kind of thinking to get you back into manual transmission? Mm. What about a really, really cheap something? My brother-in-law, Daniel, <laughs> bought a $1,500 Saab to teach his kids, my niece and nephew, and now he manual transmission. Now he's a Saab Enthusiast is is too that's, light. That's, 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 that's he's a newbie compared to him. Yeah, totally. Sub forums, you he's name there. it. Yeah, fog lights, arrow wheels, the whole deal. <laughs> <laughs> it's got two hundred three thousand miles, and he, yeah, just bought it for fifteen hundred bucks. So what about something like that? Is a really really dirt cheap manual mm -hmm. something in the cards just to practice, just to get that back under your belt? So when you do decide, all right, I've spent nine hundred dollars on a Mm -hmm. junkie something. How about now mm -hmm. going after the fun car? I'm, I'm like just it. asking. I mean, that is kind of the way to practice all the time is to have access and ownership of it. It's Agreed. tough to say, Agreed. can I yeah. borrow your car again? No, can for I, sure. You know, renting is out of the cars and that kind of thing just to keep it going. But could you do something very low cost, but with the mindset, this mm -hmm. is just for me to practice. Well, I also like the fact that you're just saying, what can I do regularly as you drive it? Paul's already hit on it. The more you drive it, the better off you'll be. I would say two things to try. Don't try them this instant, but if you get the opportunity, try them. Hills. Starting on hills in a mm. manual. Yes. That, that, because honestly, when I've taught people to drive manual and talked about it as well, one of the big things is think about a set of old-time scales, okay? This is what you're doing with clutch and gas, when you're learning okay. to drive a manual, it becomes subconscious. But one of the things when I was taught that was taught incorrectly is, and a lot of people do this, is when you release the clutch, you just pop your foot off the clutch oh, and you kill the car. Right. There's a balancing act that takes place. And every car is a little different between how much gas versus how much clutch release and how fast. And how it's worn a, the clutch is exactly. and where it engages It's a, it's in a, it's a set travel. of scales. Yeah. So, and, and nothing reinforces that more than trying to start on a hill. And it used to be, and depending on the car you have, it used to be really difficult because you didn't have hill control that they have now where you take your foot off the, the brake when you're in a manual transmission car and the car just holds itself, the hill, hill hold. Mm -hmm. You had to get it right. You had to catch that car before it rolled into the car behind you. Don't do it in traffic, but go out and find some hills. Also, once you start to get comfortable, work on heel-toe. That's an important one. And I mean, even introduce things as you get comfortable. Totally. As you don't, said. Don't jump in this minute. Right, right, but right. E And even, and this is going to sound weird, even in upshifting, try to find that perfect thing where it's almost like the synchros didn't even have to work. You gave it just enough gas between your up change that it was completely smooth. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The people that can drive a manual transmission smoother than you can ride in an automatic, they've done it right, but it almost always requires heel towing to do that. Yeah, for sure. Daniel has actually perfected the slam shifting technique that you don't have to do anything. You just, the, the synchros are so worn <laughs> and the ball cup of the shifter is like stirring soup. Usually, you know, neutrals just left to right. Yeah, this is a huge it's a circular circle. motion that's for terrible. neutral. And he just, from like third to fourth, he just pulls it straight back without pushing in the clutch. That's, that's not good news. <laughs> that's really not good news. I said to my sister, you know, this does mean a transmission rebuild at some point very just soon. This is coming yourself. into your mm -hmm. lives. But Eli, that's okay. Eli Miller 64 on Instagram says, best rental 
car for a day on the Nurburgring. Oh, anything. I have, I have, an, appro- a- I have an approach here, Eli, honestly. Riding lawnmowers, yes. skateboards. Get on the track. You will have fun. I would say a couple things to you. If you can, depending where you're renting from, spend the money for an instructor. Absolutely. I would, I would get a lesser car for a chance to have at least a lap with an instructor Absolutely, every single time. Yes. The other thing I would say is don't don't mix your experiences. What I mean by that is a lot of times if you're going to go to a track and you're going to rent a car, you think, oh, I should rent something super fast because I'm on a track and I want to experience this new. Not on the ring, you don't. <laughs> yes, okay? right, right. Drive something that is at roughly the approximate level of your current car or below. If, if you daily, I don't know what you drive. If you daily a Cayman. Hmm. Okay, then rent a Cayman. If you daily something nowhere near a sports car, don't rent a Cayman. Right. Okay, so a small little hatchback without a lot of power, you have plenty to worry about at the ring. (laughs) You'll be fine. (laughs) So don't think about big, hot car. Think about, I need an instructor right seat. Get something. Most of the places that rent a car, I mean, RSR is who we use. Even their small little hatchbacks are really fun because they've actually picked cars that are good for tracking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Get a small little hatchback you can afford. Put somebody in the right seat. You'll be happy. Yeah, for sure. I'm going backwards and some questions we didn't get to last time. On Instagram, Daniel Likes Cars says he's doing a rhetorical but not that rhetorical third car search. <laughs> oh, no. Seven to $15,000 okay. V8 rear-wheel drive manual year 2000 plus. Easy. Mm-hmm. Pontiac GTO. I knew you'd go Easy. There. You're right. As soon as you gave me the list, that's what popped in my mind, too. There Done. you go. Yep, for sure. The manuals are about five grand more than the automatics. Just know that. So manuals are going to be in the 11 to 15 range. Automatics are eight, nine, somewhere in there. But get the manual. 400 horsepower. Well, the subsequent generations had 400 horsepower. But oh, they're great, for sure. Done. Did you see Jamie 8th on Instagram? This is the um, horrifying question you're not going to like. What color of car doesn't show dirt? In fact, doesn't show dirt so <laughs> much you don't have to wash it again until spring. Uh, Jamie, honestly, the, Cringing, the, but, you know, the, okay. the color that hides dirt the best all winter is white. It really is. Black's on the other end of the spectrum. It, it looks, it looks, you just clean black, it still looks dirty. And especially with the salt, then it yes. turns white. But but a, a white car... When you wash a white car midwinter, which I've done before by having white cars, I'm always like, <laughs> like, I didn't even know it was that dirty because it hides it so well on the white. If exactly. you're really a person who's not going to wash this car, and I, I cringe for you on Paul's behalf, mm-hmm. white really, this is the place where white rules. All right. Brian D.Y. asks me, what is the worst, all right, fine, least best Porsche ever made? <laughs> hmm. The least best. Least best. Least best Porsche. I'm, I mean... Things like the 924 popped into my head just because it was a toe in the pool of what we know front-engined rear-wheel drive Porsches could be and what mm-hmm. they became. There's great 924 variants, but they're few and far between. They're still fun to drive, but as far as you know, dynamically, you're thinking, all right, I want more out of this. I either want a better something dynamics. But the weight balance was there. It's still very Porsche. It was an Audi project early on, mm-hmm. but it became a Porsche and something in that range. I mean, I, I want to say nine twelves, but not. They were just down on power. They still have the brilliance of that rear engine fun, and nine fourteen. Is that I've brilliance fallen. really? Is rear engine fun? Is there really totally. an equal sign there? Anyway, go on. Totally, and and like I was saying, nine fourteens. Yeah. Well, I've fallen in love with nine fourteens because you it was have. sort of like the early Cayman. Yeah, and especially the. The one at Creos that is actually featured in Whole season thing. four of our season five. Uh, it's, it's I believe it's four, but yeah, four. Yes, I, I fell in love with that car. Mm-hmm. Oh, 
deep want. Uh, speaking of old cars that people want, uh, Moat Jeremy on Instagram says, okay, okay, hang on. Is a perfect original low mile Datsun 240Z really worth $310,000 oh. recently sold on Bring a Trailer for 240, pardon me, 240Z for $310,000? Go look at the photos if you haven't seen this car. It's green. It's spectacular. Yeah. yeah. It is probably the cleanest 240Z in existence, and I still say to you, absolutely not worth it. <laughs> a, a catastrophically bad use of money. And I'm a, car, I'm a car guy to the core, and I'm looking at that going, someone has officially lost their mind. This buyer is obviously somebody who they buy cars like I buy T-shirts. Yeah. They just oh I, sure three hundred grand let's just buy it's not three hundred thousand dollars worth of awesomeness. no no I'm sorry that is madness and this is at this point it's the bring a trailer effect I mean we used to talk it about is, the yeah. other big auctions that happen yeah. like Pebble Beach and stuff that do crazy things to prices for certain cars and it's honestly it's that incalculable thing like a viral video mm-hmm. where another one may come across next week and just not catch fire, but certain cars catch fire on bring a trailer and everybody starts watching and the price keeps going up. And then you know what also is happening is there's people behind the keyboard now that are having an ego trip about, well, I want it more than you do and I have the money and $310,000 for that car is an absolute no. Secretly, I hope it's the Nissan Museum that's buying that and like, yeah, we actually need it for the display in the lobby. That and would if, make some sense. If it is them, that would make some sense. Wonderful. Blessings. Otherwise, we've officially lost our mind. Yeah. But, Close, bring a trailer, and walk away. Exactly. Put this in perspective. Three $100,000 cars in your life. Three. Six $50,000 well, cars. Start, start divvying it up that yes. way and you think, well, yeah, like there's a $30,000 car I want to own. There's an $80,000 car. Your collection is almost 10 cars at that point for that kind of money. Yes, but I will go. Holy moly. But I'll spend it the other way, and that is take $300,000. Just you as a listener. You have $300,000 allotted. What do you want off of Bring a Trailer? Does huh. that 240Z make your top 20 list? <laughs> yeah. $300,000. Oh. No, I'm sorry. Combat Conductor asks, what are the best automotive spiritual successors ever made? Hmm. The BMW 1M and M2 come to mind. Okay, I see it. I mean, see the M2 yeah. definitely channels some things about it the is. 1M. There's, there's a carryover the 1M there was sure. that moment in time car. It is, yeah. But those two, I think, are among the best I can think of. There's maybe a few Porsches, but you know, they're they're just looking back at history and referencing history, not necessarily the next successive generation of that car. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, th- those are probably top of my list. Those Interesting. two. Interesting. Uh, Parmalat has a question that could be fighting words. We'll try to cover it. It's on Instagram. He says, what is the appropriate response to someone yelling at you for doing donuts in an empty, snowy parking lot? He says he's asking for a friend. No, you're not. But uh, here, here's the thing. My first question is, uh, genuinely, who are you bothering? Yeah, I mean, is this – because there's two parts of this here. Let me, let me unpack it. If you're doing yeah. donuts in a parking lot that happens to be next to someone's house. That's – a problem. And that person wants to yell at you. I kind of see their point because they don't want to hear that outside their house where you're sitting watching TV and you go, what is that noise? And you it wonder if the car is... time of day. If this is like 11 p.m. and you're, you know, you high wonder, RPMs true. and that kind you're of You're wondering if your car is coming through a wall. I could get that. Yeah. If you're like in a parking lot of a closed business on an evening and there's nobody else there, you're hurting no one. Mm-hmm. But what I would say to you, Parmalat, is, look, I know you're having fun, but, but my counterpoint, honestly, one of the reasons I do it, besides the fact that it's fun is the fact that I don't think you can ever be too good at car control. 
<laughs> I, I and I and look, look. Everybody's different here, but when I go do this, I know this sounds like I'm actually giving strategy to madness, but but I am. When I go do this, I try to do figure eights. I don't try to just just spin. Right. I try to actually do nice controlled, controlled. figure eights because that requires you to figure out the balance of the car and slide. Mm-hmm. And my commentary to most people would be, I'm improving my car control in bad, slippery situations in a place where it's safe. And if I can't be here, where would you recommend? But if you're by somebody's house, they're going to yell at you and. I kind of see it. <laughs> Want to get in and learn how to do donuts? Join me. <laughs> you ever done this before? It's super fun. <laughs> it's super fun. Come on. All right. Peter and Slow asks us, how do we drive each other's cars mm. or any other enthusiast friend's cars? And if we do, we do. Yes. What are some etiquette rules to follow? Well, when we're driving private owner cars for the show, <laughs> for YouTube, for films, whatever that is, yeah, and we've yeah, driven yeah. many at this point, we've had comments from people saying, I haven't let my wife drive this car. Why am I letting you two idiots drive yeah, it? That's just a fair question. I haven't let my friends drive it or, or some combination of those words. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So we ask, we say, what are, what are no goes here? But when we're presenting the idea of, hey, we want to put your car in mm-hmm. camera, we're saying we're going to drive it like it's intended to be dri- driven. Mm-hmm. That means fast on camera. That means it's going to be driven for the things it is designed to handle. Good speed cornering, all those kinds of things. Now, we're not there to destroy cars. We need to leave a trail of very happy owners in our wake, and we have and continue. We stand on that. We want to leave happy owners that, hey, my car was driven hard, but it's meant to be driven that way. So we're not hurting anything. We're not over-revving. We're not jamming on brakes. We're not doing burnouts and that Mm -hmm. kind of thing, unless somebody gives us specific permission to do that. So when we drive each other's cars, of course, we know how we... We both drive our cars spiritedly, fun, (laughs) with purpose. Yes. And we do just that. And they're built to be driven that way and thusly let it be so. Head up the candy to keep swapping cars. We've done that many, many times. Generally, though, what what has helped us at this point is when we drive other people's cars, they've kind of seen what we do. But we're really honest about, you know, we don't do hard launches. A lot of, there have been lots of stories, actually, of big car magazines borrowing somebody's old car to do a review, and the, they need a clutch when they're done because they do 15 hard launches trying to get the zero to 60. We don't do any of that. We, t- we promise them we're not going to spin tires. We promise them we're not going to do hard launches. Those are kind of givens mm-hmm. because those are mm-hmm. really, really hard on the car. But beyond that, we acknowledge to everybody that, look, if you're going to let me drive your car, I'm going to drive your car. Yeah, exactly. I'm gonna, it, there, there, it has red line for a reason. There will be gear changes. So if there's concerns, I need to know now. Now, there's two different levels of this also. When we're driving a friend's car, it might be a little different than when we're driving a car for camera. Mm-hmm. If yeah. you drive a car for camera, it's very much a, I need to be able to drive your car difficult, hard. I need to drive it hard and as if it's actually making effort. Or it can't be in the film. Right, right. But then if it's a friend's car, it's like, I'd like to drive your car. You're nervous about it. What don't you want me to do? Exactly, exactly. All right, I've got a couple questions left here. First of all, Ariopolis is asking, if we were to take over a car lease, would we do a pre-purchase inspection before accepting? Hmm. Huh. Probably. I probably would anyway. Leasing indicates the car is new. And well taken care of. And well ideally, taken yeah. care of. But if it's like a sixty to a hundred dollar pre-purchase inspection, probably doesn't hurt. You at least know what's going on, yeah. Yeah. And then finally, Est Vicentius says, "When did it become acceptable to not pull over for emergency vehicles?" <laughs> he feels like he's the only one doing it. And then when the ambulance or fire truck or some other vehicle passes, 
He says, I have to do a drag launch mm-hmm. from the curbside yeah, you do. in order to not get leapfrogged by mm-hmm. people who didn't pull over fully. And they, they see that, well, you're pulled over fully, and so I'm around you, and suddenly we're at a track event now. Somebody's, somebody's cut a path through traffic. Get behind them. That's mm-hmm. really what happens, yeah. Well, the problem is, if you get caught not pulling over, <laughs> the officer isn't going to like you very much, and there's no real answer why you didn't. Mm, that's just, fair. That's fair. They're not going to accept any other answer. And the best thing is to set the example mm. to show that, all right, you're not, you're going to be that person. You're just going to blast on. Okay. And then, you know, you're 20 feet behind the ambulance carving its way through. The cops that see that will get you. And they will not be nice. Th- they will not be nice. Yeah, that's true. I- I've seen that happen. And people think, ha, ah, suddenly the linebackers <laughs> making a hole. Yeah. And they, t- you know, they latch on. Nah. Interesting. People people have done that and gotten caught. And so the best thing you can do is really set the example because people see your respect and mm. that's ultimately what we want to do, especially for emergency vehicles, is give them as a wide a berth as possible and respect them. Guys, sure appreciate all your questions as usual. This is this is amazing. All right, there's still more we have to get to, but we've got to wrap things for there for right now. Send us your Topic Tuesdays. Send us your yeah. car debates. You know where to do it, on the website, on the email. And all questions next time. And all questions, all car-related questions yes. next time. Yes. And we're, we're definitely looking forward to that. Cheers, everyone. <laughs> <laughs>